Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for the opportunity to gather here with you and with with your, with your sons and daughters, your royalty, Father. And uh, thank you for being so kind and so generous to us and so good to us, so gracious to us, so loving to us. We just honor you today. Thank you for who you are in our lives. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, anybody ever watch TV? <laughs> like, you get these series, right? And then they, like, they'll leave you on a cliffhanger, right? Tune in next season. Well, good. I, um, well, I got a, kind of had a cliffhanger going last week. So, like, I felt like I really didn't get everything I wanted to say out or what the Holy Spirit. So, like, you kind of got hung out there. So, like, I'm going to reel you guys in a little bit this week. And and I want to expand on this because I think it's so important for us to grasp this concept. I've just been mulling it. Mulling it, don't you like that? (laughs) Mulling over it all week long and just thinking, you know, um, how how does this affect my life? And and, um, it... It just doesn't have an effect. It affects every area of my life when I understand what God's trying to tell tell me, right? He's saying, take this. I want you to take my redemption, but then I also want you to rest in peace. And I never got to the rest in peace part, partly because I'd already done the Sabbath the week before, <laughs> right? So it's kind of kind of like reading the, the, the Hebrew Bible. You read it from the back to the... Right? So, you're welcome. <laughs> so, but the Sabbath is talking about rest, and rest is so important. And, and so, so, one of the things it said was rest in peace. And so many of us, like I see it, <clears throat> I see these pictures of people bowing down to, to a little cross like this and looking at it. And, and, and it's one of the logos, like a lot of cowboy churches and people. Like, I'll put that on their car and stuff like that. And one day I was watching, and, and, and it was like, Lord, I was like, that almost looks like a grave. He, he, he says, yeah. He said, so many of my people know that I've died. Not necessarily that they believe that, but he was just using this as an example. So many people know that I've died, but they forgot that I rose again. And there's power in the resurrection, and there's power in the finished work of God. And so he, he gave his life and died for us so, so that we can give our life and die for him. You're like, well, Pastor Dan, so you're just like, you're wanting, what are you wanting us to do? Join the army? Or are you wanting us? <laughs> no, it's not, not about dying like, like physically, but it's about dying to ourselves and saying, you know something? I give you everything that I am and everything I'm ever going to be and now I'm yours and you know what 
a lot of times we think when we give give God everything that that he just kind of uh, like ah all your dreams now you know something I'm going to wipe them away and you're not going to get to fulfill your dreams and you're not going to get to fulfill your hopes and you're not going to get to fulfill this or fulfill that but I found it's just the opposite when I give God something he gives it back to me but he gives it back to me on a grander scale than than ever ever before in fact in fact the bible says says that God gives us the desires of our heart now can you imagine that and so so you could think well um God gives us those desires right or you could think well he gives us those things we're desiring i think it's both right i think you get a desire hey, you know something, I want to reach out and I want to do this or I got this desire. Like I come out born talking, like my first word after mom and dad was cow. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, in, in Texas, they call that a clue. You know what I mean? So, so it's pretty obvious that I'm going to want to be around horses and, and, and cows. And so... so um, for, for some of us, we've had these passions and these desires in our hearts our entire life. And then we're like, yeah, but you know what, God, I've, I've been, I'm holy and righteous. And, you know, God really wouldn't want me to, to go do this or do that, you know. And so actually I was working with a friend and, and um, he, he was in a religion that wouldn't let him like do a lot of stuff. And he loved Jesus and was a great man. And so I'd go out and we'd help them, help them with their cattle. But we were out in the pasture one day, and and um, he went out and like this calf had a, this. Well, it wasn't a calf. She probably weighed eight hundred pounds. She she was a big old sucker, man. And so so he's like, well, let's get her. I was like, well, do you want to run, run her up to the chute? And he goes, well, that's too far. Let's just rope her. I was like, all right. <laughs> so here he goes, just like two loops, <laughs> boom. And then he trips her, hops off his horse ties her up, and gets her doctor before I can even ride over to him. And it's like, dude, have you ever thought about, like, entering calf roping or something like that? And he goes, you know, James, I would love to, but my religion just won't allow me to do it. I was like, why? And he's like, because it's gambling. I was like, dude, getting in your car is gambling. I rode with you. I know. Like, I'm the one that's gambling. Right? He's like, yeah, you know, he's like, I, I just can't do it, you know. And so then I thought, thought how sad, because like he, he might have been the greatest roper I've ever seen on the planet. But because he thought that God was restricting him from stepping out into something, he wasn't able to do it. It didn't make him love God any, any less. It didn't make him where, where, where God didn't love him any less. But what if he could have stepped out? And had that freedom to do what God had called him to do. Right? And so, so many of us use God as an excuse. Not now I'm meddling, ain't I? <laughs> we use God as an excuse not to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. See, we say, well, you know, I can't go into that place because I'm holy and I'm this and I'm that. Now, if you struggle going into those places, don't go into those places. You know what I mean? But, but if God's called you to go somewhere, go somewhere, right? 
he, that's where Jonah really had a problem with God. Like God said, I want you to go to Nineveh. Well, that was an evil place. He's like, God, I don't want them saved. I want them to go to hell. They're rotten and they're nasty and, and they deserve whatever judgment they're going to get. I'm, I'm not bringing them hope. And so then he's like, yeah, I'm out of here. And so he goes to the hot dog stand on him. Right? He's like, like I'm going to outrun God. Right? So what does he do? He, he takes off. Right? You know the problem with out, trying to outrun God? You can't outrun someone who's everywhere. I mean, you can go here and you can go there and you can go there and you find yourself just running into him everywhere you're at. Some of, some of you out there are doing that same thing and you just happen to tune in here. And I want to tell you something. God loves you and you're not going to outrun him. See, I told you he's talking to you right now. You cannot outrun him. He loves you. He has a purpose for your life. And it's not to take away those desires, but it's to give you those desires that he's put in your heart so you can reach out and do great things for him. Maybe for us in here too. Right? But we use God uh, as an excuse to step out into what he has for us, right? So then Jonah, he gets eaten by a great fish. A lot of people say it's a whale, but I think that was Pinocchio, not Jonah. <laughs> right? So then he gets spit out, and when he gets spit out, he, he, uh, he has an epiphany. You know what? God was gracious to me, so now I'm going to be... Goes, and I bet he's thinking the whole time, well, they ain't going to repent. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm just going to go ahead and... You know what God does? He changes their hearts. Because God will change the hearts of people. And when he's sending you to places and sending you in, and you're like, well, he ain't sending them anywhere. How many of you guys got jobs? <laughs> right? Have, have hobbies. Have, have things like you like to do. Right? I'm not telling you to go in there and preach to people. I'm telling you to go in there and live. You hear what I'm saying? Live life. And, and they'll see Jesus in you. And when the opportunity comes, they'll, they'll ask you. When they're hurt and they're broke and they're going through something, they'll ask you, right? And they'll talk to you. Maybe he's calling you to preach. Maybe he's calling you to Africa. I don't know, right? I used to like every time a missionary would come to our church when I was a kid, I'd I'd get this this um, feeling like, Dad, you need to be a missionary. So we'd come. Uh, I come home one time and there's a missionary from Africa. And I, I was like nine, ten years old. I was like, Dad, what? And I was like, did you enjoy that this morning? He said, and said yeah. I was like, like, Africa really needs a lot of missionaries, don't they? And, and he's like, yes, they do, son. And he goes, so, so when are we going? And he goes, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, well, I think you're called to be a missionary to Africa. And he just stopped and looked at me and he goes, no, I'm pretty sure I'm not called to go to Africa. He goes, but if you feel like you are, then maybe you should go when you get bigger. <laughs> you know? And so the next time there is, we have a good friend, and he works with the Navajo Nation, and he's one of my dad's good friends, and he come and he gave a message. Next week, Dad? Yeah? I think you might be called to go to the Navajo Nation. Right? No, James. Right? 
but there's a lot of times we feel things that are really compelling, right? And we're like, our heart goes out. But that's not really what we're called to do. And my dad was wise because he knew what he was called to do and where he was called to be, right? And so when we know, well, I'm called to this and I'm called to that and God's got great things for me, so I'm going to step into that and move in that, right? And then when we do, we'll see great things, right? So Jonas started a revival and he ran, right? Because I man, I ran from God. It don't work. It does not work. Because I didn't run and keep running. And you know what really made me mad? Because like, I think I'd run into someone who was really mad at me. James, I told you to go over there. And then I could bow up and be like, yeah. See, I knew you were rotten. <laughs> right? You know what was really, really stunk? He was never like that to me. He's like, hey, I'm still here. Hey, I love you. Hey, come back to me. Find me. You're, you're going the wrong way. That, that's not the way you should go. It was always that love. And it would make me so mad. Because it wasn't the God that I was taught about. See, he's supposed to be mad. Like, like he, forget about, about the dude walking tall carrying a big stick. I thought the original dude was Jesus or God, right? And that was such a lie. And it's a lie straight from the pit of hell. And some people still believe that to this day. And it causes them not to want to trust him. And I wouldn't either, right? Again, that's getting hung up on religion and not seeing the relationship. God gave his son, his only son, to die for you and me so that we can have life and have life more abundantly. He mad. All of his wrath was fulfilled on the cross. Now is he sad? Is he brokenhearted? Yeah. The Bible, he wept over Jerusalem. And he's weeping over people now saying, just come to me. I love you so much. That's not the way. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. There's no other way but me. And when you get into that, you know that you're walking right into the heavenly of heavens because he's the way to the Father. And in his presence, there's nothing but life. That's what's so good about Jesus. That's how much he loves you and how much he loves me. Because he's that good. Isn't that good news? So anyway, that's all free. (laughs) Well, not in my notes. The Holy Spirit really is wanting to talk about that, you know? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I might have needed that. Sometimes we need to rest. We need to say, you know something? I am resting. Now, like, why do we say rest in peace when you're dead? I mean, to me, that's the silliest thing on the planet. Right? So, how about we rest in peace while we're alive? Right? Well, how do we do that? Well, we've died to ourselves. 
and we've given him everything. And now he, we're resting in who he is. I heard, was, uh, um, heard uh, uh, it was a Jewish believer who actually wrote the song. It was about the eye of the needle and how all these people would go to this with, with their camels, right? And they'd have them all packed real high and they'd go up to there to the city. But to enter the city, you had to unpack your luggage, right? And so they would unpack their luggage and then they would have to go in through there and then someone would get their luggage and, and take it through. Well, these people thought that if they unpacked their luggage, they wouldn't get to keep it. So people were turning away and just walking away. Finally, this one guy came up and he has all this luggage and it's like earlier and he's like, man, you know something? I don't care about this luggage. I don't care about all these dreams. I don't care about all these hopes. I'll leave it here if I can just find Jesus. And so he bowed down and went through, took his camel through. And do you know what he found when he got to the other side? Not just the stuff he had, but even more and even greater. And Jesus was right there with him just with so much goodness and love. And so, so, so much of the time we think, well, if I give you this, God, what am I going to have left? You know? Which is so silly, because really, what do we have to give him? You know? If I give you this, what, what, what am I going to have? What am I going to have to take? What am I going to have to operate on? How am I going to make it? And we forget that he's a God that took a young man who had a few fish and some bread. And he said, you know something, Jesus? This is all I got. It's meager, and I don't think it's going to meet all the needs, but Jesus took it. And he broke it. And he said, here, give it, give it out. And they're looking at him like, what? And it met every need. Not only every need, but it overfilled everything. See, we still think God's evil, right? But the Bible says, if we be an evil, know how to give our kids good gifts, how much more will our Father in heaven give us? He said, if, we give, if, I, if you ask for a fish, am I going to give you a snake? I think I talked about that last week, but like where I'm from, it wouldn't matter. They'd eat that too. <laughs> right? Yep. yep. It's not bad, actually. Fry it up. Yep. Right? Or if I ask for, for bread, will you give me a stone? Right? See, what we don't realize is Jesus was talking about something, right? Because he said, I am the bread of life. Amen. He's like, I'm the bread. And you're like, well, what is he saying that? See, this is a Jewish book, believe it or not. He was talking to Jewish people, and he was reading from the Jewish Bible, which is called the Tanakh, right? Which is actually from Genesis to Malachi, right? They hadn't written the New Testament here. So when he's talking to him, he's saying, I am the bread. What's he talking about? He's going, when that Jewish mind hits bread, they're thinking all the way back to, to when they, they were freed from being slaves in Egypt and then they're in the wilderness and Jesus rained manna from heaven. 
and it sustained them, right? It's talking about the bread in the temple. It's talking about they prophesied that, that the Messiah would come from the house of David. And where did the house of David live? In Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you're waiting for. I'm the one who will supply all your needs and there's more than enough. So he took himself and he broke himself. That was a, 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 it was a testimony of the cross he was giving them in a meal. And he's like, this is my body, take in remembrance of me. You see how much he loved them? You see how much he loves you? Do you see how powerful that everything and everyone that he ever wants to touch? Man, I can feel the Holy Spirit this morning. Whew. He wants to reach you right where you are. And he wants to say, I am more than enough. If you'll just trust me. I am the bread of life. And there's plenty. See, he said, I'm going to give you a stone. Right? <laughs> what did they get under the law? Tablets of stone. Right? You know what? When I look at those tablets, you know what I see? I see gravestones. Because it's the, it would be the death of us literally trying to keep it in ourselves. But he said, you know something? I'm going to die for you. And because I've died for you, now you can live. So now that, that, that tablets of stone that we can't keep, Jesus said, I'll fulfill it and keep it for you. And now you can keep it in me. And you can have life. And you can have life more abundantly. Because I want you to rest in peace. Not when you die. I mean, we're going to rest in peace, man. I ain't planning on resting, man. There's too much to do. Right? I want to rest in Him. Because the Bible says that He is our peace. That breaks down every wall that separates us. He's the, the Prince of Peace. Not good news. Because he loves us so much. He's a pre peace that breaks down everyone. Well, peace, you know. Um, what does that mean? If you go to, um, when I went to the synagogue, you'd always go on Shabbat or the Sabbath and would walk in. Everyone would talk to Shabbat Shalom. You know what we're saying? Sabbath, peace. May you have peace on the Sabbath. May you have rest on the Sabbath. Because that's what it's saying. I want you to have rest and peace. I want you to rest in my finished work. And when you do, you're going to have peace that you've never felt in your life. Because it doesn't matter what's going on all around you. It only matters what, what, what God says. It may look like he said, you're the father of many nations. And he may tell you to take your, and, and he told, told Abraham, he said, I want you to take your son, your only son, up on top of a mountain. And Abraham said, I believe you, God, so much that I'm going to trust you. 
you know what? He had peace. And in it, he found provision. When in your peace, you will find all the provision, all the healing, all the hope, everything that you will ever need in this life. And it only comes through him. So he said, you're the father of many nations. And Abraham tries to make it on his own. And he give you a promise. And you're like, okay, I got this. And then you go, like, ah, no, no, no. I said, I would do it. Right? Man, I've messed up like that all, a lot in my life. Now I'm learning to wait. Right? Not outrun my kickoff coverage. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I ain't outrunning my coverage. You know? So, but we learn to trust Him and learn to have peace. And say, that doesn't mean we don't do anything. We do what we can do and let God do what we can't. But we're directed. We're like missiles. We're lasered in. Right? See, you can shoot a missile and not even laser it in. It's not effective. It might affect a lot of people that weren't meant to be hit with it and do a lot of destruction. But when it's pinpointed and it's gauged in, man, you've really got something. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. And he said, if I give you a fish, yes, we're a fish, am I going to give you a snake? What's he talking about? Again, he's referencing himself. He's talking about himself. Anybody look and see what goes on these little cars? What's the symbol? What does that symbolize? It's like a little fish. It symbolizes Jesus. So I ain't going to give you a serpent. Well, what was a serpent? Where do we find the serpent? In the Old Testament, right? We found it. It was cursed, right? And then Jesus crushed his head. Barefooted, man, he's a bad. Man, I ain't going to stomp on no snake barefooted with it. Right? And you don't stomp on their head. You cut their heads off, Right? Jesus, he's like, hey, oh. And now we think devil's all bad, big and bad, and he's running around with a flattened head. Right? He's like. But Jesus is big and bad. He's tough. Right? But what's he talking about? He's talking about himself. So, Pastor James, are you going to get to the point here? Probably not by the end of this time. <laughs> but we'll just follow the Holy Spirit and trust that he gets what he wants out, right? So anyway, but the point is, is with our heart's desires and what we're asking God for, are we going to trust him? Are we going to surrender? Are we going to rest in what he wants to give us and do for us in our lives? Man, we, we can't depend on this world, but we can depend on Him because He'll make a way where there seems to be no way if we'll just trust Him. Amen? In Galatians chapter 5, it says this, 5 verse 1, It is for freedom 
that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. What's he talking about? Well, I'll read a little bit more. Mark my words. I, I Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be no value of, at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that it is obligated to obey the whole law. Oh, now, wait a second. <laughs> what is he saying that it's bad to be circumcised? No, it's commanded for the Jewish people, right? But what was happening was they were taking that circumcision and taking that circumcision as an act of, I'm saved because of this. Does that make sense? How many of us do something for God and say, well, I'm saved because of this work or because of this action? We do it ourselves. If you'll do this or if you'll do that. Right? But our salvation only comes when we rest in Him and die to ourselves and let Him love us. And I'm running out of time. So I'm going to shut up. <laughs> Just rest in Him. Trust in Him. Watch Him because He's going to do great things in your life. Can I end with a poem? Nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to close it out like it is. We're just going to trust God and rest in Him. Amen? So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for being with us. We just trust you, and we give you the praise and the honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.